This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Chris-a-mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van What is going on, my audio friends? Here we go again for another episode of the Chris Van Vliet Show. Thank you for downloading this. I mean, we are pumping these out at a crazy rate. It's been... It's been almost one a day since we started uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, I really appreciate you guys joining us because for a long time you'd been asking for the audio versions of my YouTube interviews so you could listen to them whenever, wherever. I saw your tweets. I saw your Instagram comments. I heard you and I listened and here we are. Uh, And thank you for the five-star reviews you've been leaving on Apple Podcasts. We're already in the top 200 for sports and recreation, and it's all because of you. So you're enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. And I said before that I was going to read one five-star review on every episode. So uh, here we go. Robert Bebe writes, glorious. Yeah, it's a lot of S's. There's like, it's like 14 S's there. I'm not that interested in podcasts. Oh, well, thank you, Robert. But since listening to Chris, he's changed my mind. Amazing speaker and interviewer. I never missed an episode. Well, then you'll be hearing this since you don't miss an episode. Great questions and conversations. Great job. Keep up the with the great job. Keep up with the amazing job. There we go. Well, thank you so much. Keep these five-star reviews coming. I'm going to read one on every episode so that you guys are part of the show and also to encourage you to leave a review so I can read it on the show. And just you can be like Robert Bay. The Chris Van Vliet Show, as you know, is brought to you by Green Roads, and not all CBD products are created equal. And you've heard a lot about CBD oil, CBD products. For me, it works. This stuff is the real deal, and it's the real deal from Green Roads because they're a pharmacist-founded company dedicated to improving the lives of people who take it. Uh, People like me, who uh, this weekend at Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville drove five hours each way. Uh, the show ran a little bit late. We did the interviews afterwards for the post-media scrum. Didn't get back to the hotel till 2 in the morning and didn't get to bed till 3.51 in the morning and then had to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. So if you do the math, that's two hours and 39 minutes of sleep that I got. Uh, and it caused a little bit of stress. Uh, so Green Roads really helped kind of uh, just make everything just slightly better. Maybe I didn't think about it as much. Um, Also, their relaxed gummies have been amazing. They taste really good, too. They taste just like actual gummy bears. So use my code CHRIS15 to get 15% off your order at greenroadsworld.com. Also, the CV show brought to you by the audio equipment that we use uh, from Samson Technologies. They make it sound as great as we do. I like to think that, I mean, we've done almost 20 episodes here, and uh, I, I think that we sound pretty good. 
being 20 episodes in. A lot of people that are 20 episodes in sound like this, where you can barely hear them, and it just sounds super echoey. Uh, I'm glad that we're not one of those shows. Uh, so over the last few months, uh, SamsonTech.com to check out their full lineup. Uh, over the last few months, uh, and especially since Fighter Fest, there have been a lot of requests for me to interview Darby Allen. And it's not like I can really take requests. It's not like I'm the DJ at your fat Uncle Mike's wedding or something. Um, but seriously, I, I can I do the interviews that I can do, the ones that I have access to, or the you know to, with the people that make themselves available, or the people that are actually interested in doing an interview. And you know, some people do reach out to me and say, "Hey, Chris, can you do an interview next time you're in?" Insert the name of the town they live in, and I usually go, "Yeah, sure, I'll fly there next week." Um, so, and you know, not everyone wants to do an interview and that's okay. That's their prerogative. But with Darby, I'd actually worked some independent shows with him at Blueprint Pro Wrestling in Deerfield Beach, Florida, where I'm the ring announcer. So the owner of Blueprint and one of my very good friends, Jamil Malik, reached out to Darby, said, let's make this happen in Jacksonville. So boom, here we are. Thank you to Jamil for making this happen. And Darby's a fascinating character. You will see with this interview. And as you saw at Fight for the Fallen, he is super over. Uh, with him, it's part gimmick and it's part real. And he has a lot of stories here. And they are, whew, these stories are fascinating and interesting and riveting. And you'll see also a lot of voices. He does a lot of really, <laughs> a lot of really interesting voices in this interview. Um, but if you didn't know much about Darby before, it's hard not to love him after this. Uh, man, this is a good one. So buckle up for my chat with Darby Allen. Um, all right, well, it's good to see you again. Uh, people, people might not know this. We've worked together before. Uh, Blueprint Pro Wrestling, Deerfield Beach, Florida. Uh, but here we are in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, people I think are used to seeing like a full half, uh, you know, painted face. What's going on here? Well, we just got here, Jacksonville. Right off the plane, decided to film a promo last second for tomorrow's fight for the Fallen, and uh, I was going to go eat at a restaurant, and I was kind of contemplating, do I keep the face paint on, or do I wash it off? And I kind of got halfway through, and I just, this is what you get. Oh, so you were, you were kind of washing it off, Yeah. and then we showed up, and you're like, well, this is what you got. Yeah, yeah. So, but I go everywhere with my face paint, regardless. Like, I really don't care. I'll go to the airport with it. I'll go to the, you know, gym with it sometimes. Like, you know, and stuff like that. After I film promos, because like I'm just, I don't like, I like showering, but I don't like. I don't. Know, it's a long story. What is, What's the reaction that people give you when they see you wearing crackhead? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Crackhead. Uh huh. They say this to you, or they just looking yeah, at you hey, like hey, that's a crackhead look. They hate crackhead. I'm like. And you're like, well, but read my knuckles. Yeah, I'm right? straight edge, but yeah. I don't know, man. People people always, for some reason, think the drug-free means free drugs. <laughs> and I'm just like, the fuck are you? <laughs> but yeah. I think some fans see the face paint and go, oh, this is just a guy who likes to paint his face. There's obviously a much deeper story to this. Yeah, uh, for people who don't know what it is, what is it? All right, well... If you saw in the Welcome to AEW Fighter Fest like introduction to Darby, who is Darby Allen? So when I was five years old, I was driving with my uncle, and uh, he was drunk driving. And obviously, you don't know what the difference from normal driving and drunk driving is when you're that age. Sure. 
But he got in a car accident from it, and he passed away. So I paint my face because 50% of me feels dead inside. That's like the trust for people and the respect for people. So I just felt like it's been on, like carrying with me through my whole life, like whether it's the stuff I film on skateboard or the stuff I film for TV or all the crazy shit I do in the ring. Like I, when you're like that close to death at such an early age, I really feel like it makes you want to live that much more. But like when people watch your matches, it's very obvious that you like don't have a respect for your body. You're maybe not scared of dying. What's going on there? Uh, a lot, you know. Like it's weird because the more like life happens, the more I'm like, wait, this is actually pretty cool. Like living, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're like, but like back then, I just did not know what my calling was in life. You know what I mean? And I had so many times I felt like I almost died in life. Like for example, uh, that game Hot Potato. You know, uh, you know, Hot Potato, Hot Potato. Um, <laughs> My brother and me were wanting to play, but with like a baked potato, and I wanted to like set it on fire with like a gas tank. Oh, no. And then we were going to play with that, but as I was lighting on fire, I had the gas tank in my hand, and then like some of the flame that was already on the potato shot into the gas tank oh, and my God. blew up my while I was holding the gas tank and actually like broke this finger and you can see the little bone oh yeah sticking halfway out there but uh it actually engulfed both of us and his whole leg right right here like the skin was gone and it was just straight up muscle and then uh to this day like i'd like pop my ears and like uh, and, pop like, your eardrums yeah and yeah. then like uh, like hard oh yeah so but that's um and then just some crazy like skateboarding stuff that I've done like you know it's like looking back on it it's like dude there's like you're I was like risking everything like doing half of these stunts but like you know you don't think about it because when you live like there's no tomorrow it just becomes so natural to just don't give a fuck do you feel like maybe in some sort of strange way you cheated death when you were five so you're like well if I cheated death then I'm fine now. Yeah, I I literally thought like things aren't gonna get much worse than that. So I was like, dude, like let's just push things. And it just like it comes from a lot of areas, like um feeling like you can't fit in with anybody and then the moment you do something psychotic, they're like, Oh, that's crazy. Let's it like breaks the ice. You know what I mean? So for someone like me that's like maybe not be like that good of like a communicator with people, like, hey man, like I don't just walk into a room and go, Yo I like sit in the corner, like in you know, I do that at wrestling shows. I do right. that ever but the moment like you get noticed and someone's like, You're no, yeah, that crazy fucking thing you did the other day. Let's talk about it. I'm like, okay, now I can talk. But besides <laughs> that, you'll see me like probably just like screw off in the janitor's closet and like take a nap or something. Like it's true. I, when I saw you backstage at the show, you're very unassuming. You, know, you shake hands and then you just kind of go to the corner and you do your own thing. Yeah, but and then the match starts and it's like, oh my god, that's Darby Allen. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, but in a way, I wouldn't have any other way because I feel like it got me to where I am today. So. I, I think a lot of people are, you know, were introduced to you at Fighter Fest. Uh, you're obviously your match with Cody. A lot of people, when I tweeted that I was going to interview you, were talking about the coffin drop, which is the move you did to the apron and looked 
very, very painful. Yeah. Where did the idea for the coffin drop come from? Um, it's just the thought in my head. A do or die moment in the match. Am I just going to roll Cody in and try to pin him? Or am I going to try to annihilate him or decapitate him? And I wanted to decapitate him because then I knew for sure, like, that was going to get the win. So it's just pretty much um, risking it all. And, uh, yeah, that, that fucked up my ribs pretty bad. Well, that was just, I, I would think your spine. Yeah, no, for some reason it was my ribs. Like, over here, like, you go, <sighs> and then uh, I, I, I got a massage the next day. And the lady was just like walking on my back. And she's like, oh, your back's so tight. And I'm like, because it's fucked up. <laughs> but what, where did you first come up with that move? Um, it's just like, okay, like with my wrestling, I don't fly to look pretty. I fly to hurt. So I ain't going to do a 630. I ain't going to do a million rotations when I'm at the top. I'm just going to throw all my body at you. Like all my body weight. And I assume how I do that, it's the most impactful. Like I've heard people say like I've, nearly shit my pants after taking that coffin drive <laughs> and uh that's actually happened before a lot of people actually shit in their pants from it. what mm-hmm. yeah what? my um uh, people so i had this like tryout uh match a couple of years ago and then i was wrestling the guy and i did it to him in the match and he shit his pants and then like i didn't know it but you just like you smell something and then, like, you start looking around, and then there's, like, little puddles of shit. Because apparently he ate, like, a Pizza Hut buffet the night before. <laughs> so it was just, like, everywhere. And then I just remembered him, like, getting out of the ring after the match and then sitting in a chair to get critiqued from the person who was running the thing. And then he got up, and then I saw this huge bubbly pile of just diarrhea. And then I didn't want to rat on him. Like, yo, man, that's fucking shit everywhere. So, uh... I didn't tell anybody and no one else saw it and they're all everyone else getting a critique they just sat in that same chair no they got all these white gear and all this stuff and i was just like, oh my god in a way it was like a nice like <laughs> like it was funny just what, to what are it. the fundamental why does the coffin drop cause this to happen i don't know maybe. or is it just out of sheer fear <laughs> i think i think it's because like all my body weight there's no way of like landing soft on them because sometimes you do the 450 and you can land on your hands and knees and kind right, of protect sure. the blow I can't fucking save anybody's life for this and like it's just like yeah so I think it's like all pressure and it just depends on where I hit them and, and when someone moves out of the way I feel very bad for you yeah but it's um, it's like one of those moves like you know all or nothing you're gonna make it or you're gonna die trying and that's just how I like to live and in that match with Cody, it was such an interesting spot when you went into the uh, body bag. Uh, you obviously couldn't see anything at all in there. No. God, that was tricky. Because as I was standing, it was like jumping up and down in yeah. the body bag. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't see anything. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tricky. But I'm not one to get claustrophobic. But that just felt like, you know, I don't know. Couldn't breathe really in there. But and Could you bump correctly in there? And you know, I guess not. But. but there's also, you know, there's, there's some critics online that say, you know, your match with Cody was great. But then a lot of people aren't even paying attention to your match because of what happened after the match with Sean Spears. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that sucks because it is a debut and it means everything. You know what I mean? And then I literally felt like I put as much into that match as I physically could at times. 
and then to get it overshadowed like it did yeah it sucks it's fucking annoying as hell but in a way it makes you think you gotta like work harder next time so if you thought you put on a decent match there you gotta make it harder to top over just a chair you know so like i you know i'm just gonna so no matter what happens after my match i want people to remember only my match and unfortunately that might entail me dying some more in the match because you know that's what you gotta do well please don't die at fight for the fallen please no, no, not yet. Okay, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Sean Spears will die. <laughs> How much has changed for you since Fighter Fest? I mean, obviously that was a big match, big match for you, maybe one of the biggest of your career. Absolutely. Um, how much has changed for you before that match to you know where we sit here right now? A lot, a lot. Like, and it's like a light switch because you know some people think like on the indies, like oh, I'm fucking rock and roll king of the world, like yeah, yeah. I'm big dog. And then you get introduced to a company like AEW, and then it just humbles the fuck out of you. And you're like, you get all these comments. Who the fuck is Darby Allen? Who's Darby Allen? Yeah. What is this guy? And you're just like, you're like, damn, man, all that work. It felt like it went under the radar. So when I was saying in that promo, I felt like my career i've been wrestling now for five years yeah. but i felt like a lot of it was under a rock and like i mean that you know i'm not going to come into this company acting like i'm the king of the goddamn universe i'm going to tell you how i really feel and that's how i felt i felt like you know a lot of it was just humbling and it was nice but now you can show the whole world of wrestling what you're capable of now and so like a lot of people just where a lot of comments where have you been my whole life <laughs> I've been <laughs> coughing dropping on aprons in yeah. Kentucky yeah, all over the world <laughs> yeah. yeah but we're just scratching the surface right now of Darby Allen yeah that's the crazy thing about it yeah there's a lot I got left like yeah. I got so much stuff in my mind like that I'm ready to just like get out there and I'm like a real I'd like to say I'm a real go-getter out there I don't like to wait for direction I like to do my own thing so and with a platform like AEW like here you want to be yourself be yourself show us what you got so there's been a real opportunity to just kind of drive the character yourself yeah absolutely that's 100%, amazing 100% everything I've done I've came up with myself and I haven't been told to film something I've just filmed something so you know because like all I ever wanted was this platform, so I might as well just run with it. Was the transition from skateboarding to wrestling like a, a natural transition for you? You're both, you know, you're putting your body on the line in both of them. Yeah, but dude, like skateboarding is so much worse. God, it destroyed me. And the difference... Really bad on your nuts, too. Yeah, the, the, the difference between skateboard and wrestling is a skateboard slam, sometimes you're there like, by yourself and you fall and you're like ow that hurt but with wrestling there's a thousands of people like yeah yeah good man. awesome <laughs> but it's like a light like a difference but like skateboarding definitely prepared me more than anything for pro wrestling like my first day at practice i was bumping you know learning bumps and then my trainer was like yep 
how do you feel, man? It hurts, doesn't it? And I'm like, no, nah, I, f- I feel good. Like, and he's like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's like, as if it's like disrespectful to like the business that, yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid you feel pain from another sport. But, uh, yeah, I just like, well, here's these clips of me falling on concrete for my whole life. And he's like, oh. What made you decide that you were done with skateboarding, or at least at that level, and now it was time to go into wrestling? Um, I'm a very storyteller of a human being, I'd say. And I couldn't tell the story I wanted to the world on my skateboard mm. compared to like an audience, you know, physical Broadway and stuff like that. So if I'm going to fall, I might as well convey it with like emotion and character instead of just a do at a skate park that like breaks his ankle and screams on the fucking gravel. Fuck. <laughs> so do you, you still skate, right? Yeah. I try to skate all the time, all the time. I just got back having a six day trip in Arizona and I, uh, skated like the whole time I was down wow. there and I was trying some spooky stuff and I was just all that was in the back of my head. It was all like, yeah, fight for the fall on Saturday. How are you going to explain to Tony if you break your leg? <laughs> Yeah, you you gotta be extra careful now. It's hard though, man, because I'm so passionate about both of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I just want to, I just want to skate, and I just want to like do all this stuff. But it's like, ugh, because back then I could like break my ankle, and then like, just like, oh, okay, cool, I'll just hang out for like a month. But now it's like, oh shit, we got TV coming up. Yeah, we got, we got all this stuff, and it's like, I don't want to make my debut on TV in a wheelchair. And be like, there might be a chance that when TV does start, they're gonna say, hey, Darby. Can you lay off the skateboarding a bit? Yeah. We need you. Yeah, I've been actually, uh, there's like this mega ramp, a guy named Bob Burnquist that's in his backyard. It's like one of the biggest ramps you can jump, like gap-wise. And I want to try it like before TV starts. But, like, well, if Darby shows up on TV in a wheelchair, you'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I got planned. That's That sounds, that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. It, I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah. I know, but <laughs> damn, it's hard to pass up. What's your go-to skateboarding move? Uh, I like no complies. No comply 360 is like a big trick that I, I've always liked. And it's especially as much times as I've broken my ankles, it feels really easy on the ankles and stuff like that. Can you explain it to someone who might not know what that looks like? Dude, it's so hard, man. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like the weirdest thing because like a kickflip, you say like the board flips, but it's... God, I don't even know how well, to everyone's going to now Google it after yeah. watching this. Yeah, that's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to do, like, low-impact things on my body when it comes to a skateboard now. Because, like, before I used to jump off these, like, huge-ass sculptures and stuff like that. And just, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but... But now that you're married, uh, you're married to Priscilla Kelly, uh, you know, another wrestler. Is she like, hey, babe, maybe you shouldn't be doing this crazy stuff? Yes and no. Yeah, because she's just like, I don't want to have to take care of you. Like, when you're older, like, all, like, fucked up. At the same time, I'm like, look how far I've came now with it, you know? Let's let's get that beautiful trailer by the water that we've always wanted. Have you had to give her a call and go, hey, I am really hurt? Yeah, yeah. She was actually in Japan when it happened. It was Mania Week in, like, two weeks. Two two weeks. What the (laughs) fuck? Two years ago. And I was at a progress show, and I did this, like, dive onto Janela, but, like, my head hit the ground, the concrete, and I was bleeding from the brain. And then, like, 
I like finished the match and then like I rushed myself to the hospital and like, yo, you, you're like bleeding from the brain, man. Like, and I was just like, ah, and then there's like, they're like, hey man, just chill out and you know, we'll do some more stuff. And I remember I had to call Priscilla and she was in Japan and she was just like, dude, like, God, you can't be doing this. And it's like, she's having like a, mental breakdown well, yeah japan. people can die from brain bleeding yes that's happened yeah to like there's this guy in my junior high and he's playing football and then um halfway through the game he got a concussion but he didn't know oh, he no. just had the adrenaline run too much and then he kept playing and then by the end of the game he passed out and then the air fucking had Helicopters had to lift him to the hospital, and then his brain was swelling so bad that they had to drill into his skull to like try to relieve pressure, and now he's stuck in a wheelchair like in a vegetable state. We, for his whole we life. don't want that to happen to you. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, but it's it's just like, but it's like that's all that was playing in my mind when I was in New Orleans was thinking about that because I remember I just moved to that school and people were like, "Yo, this guy, he just got." Fucked on the football field, and then I was like thinking. Now every time I hit my head, I'm like, "Oh, I, God damn it! I don't want to fuck." <laughs> but it's just like it's like such unpredictable because like this could happen anywhere. You know what I mean? Sure. You could be mowing your lawn and then a bird. Well, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but maybe no. take us back to when you met Priscilla. Where was it, and how had that happen? It was a uh, in the Evolve van. Okay fucking going to and from a show or something yeah we used to drive um from florida to new york and it'd be like almost like 25 hours like in this van and like i remember she was in the van and i never talked to her for like a whole year in the van i just i was like girl in wrestling nope not talking to her (laughs) it only leads to bad shit you don't dip (laughs) your ink in the you don't dip your ink in the company you don't dip your pen in the company <laughs> ink. God damn it. And then uh I just remembered um one night I was taking a trip to like Times Square after the show cuz we had a double shot with Progress and I wasn't on Progress and I was like I'm just going to go to Times Square. And then she's like I've never been like can I come? I'm like no. And she's like please and I'm like all right whatever. And then I like start talking to her on the subway and I was like this person's absolutely nothing like I thought she was she's like so like much better like than I thought she was you know and that was on me for being like stereotyping people you know what I mean but then from there like I like lived in my car in Atlanta and then she lived in Atlanta at the same time because I would just go there to train like and then it just so happened to be she's like hey you like you don't have to like live in your car you can like stay at my house from time to time I'm like okay but you didn't think anything of it? No. Oh, uh, no. At this point, we were, you were dating at the time. Slowly starting okay. to date because it was just like, you know, it's spooky, man. Because, like, you don't want to have to, like, get in a relationship and break up with somebody and have to see them every fucking week. Like, it's so scary. Especially yeah, it's, if, like, it's the company ink, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, that's why I always, <laughs> I always joked, like, a long time ago, like, my Jane girl is a girl who works at Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> People are like, why? I'm like, because they won't hurt you. And they're like, dude, like, I'm pretty sure girls at Home Depot cheat on people too. (laughs) But just in my mind, I was thinking like, Home Depot people are so nice. Hold on, we kind of skipped over the part where you're living in your car. Why were you living in your car? Because certain companies don't pay shit. But still, 
you you weren't able to like make ends meet or like no, live with somebody. No. Or? The thing is, I liked living in my car because it just get, forces you to get up and go. Like you wake up, uh, you go to bed, you wake up at six in the morning. It's all hot and muggy, and you're like, I want to sleep in. No, you can't sleep in. You got to get your day going, and that's what I really liked. I really liked doing that, and I I uh, I just remember I had all these hospital bills. And all this shit, and I was like, dude, I can't afford to like live anywhere right now. And so it, it like kind of compromised the way I liked living, with like being forced to like just get up and go. And uh, in the meantime, I could pay off some of these hospital bills without so having. How run. long did? How long were you living? I'm in the not car? a freeloader. Like I hate asking people for like shit. You know, like hey, sure. let me live on your couch. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I lived in my car for about like three months. Like it wasn't anything like. But then, like, uh, once I started dating Priscilla, like, I just remember, like, just being more at her place. And then uh, eventually we got married and got our own place. Yeah. And then as the time, I feel like she's, like, a good luck charm in a way. Because, like, once we started, like, dating, I felt like my career started picking up. And once we got married, I felt like my career started picking up. And now I'm here. And now I can yeah. just, like, fucking... Um, I don't know it's cool to be with somebody from like when you guys are like when she has glasses when she doesn't wear her contacts and then like she like broke her glasses one time and like I remember like we didn't have any money to like buy repair kit for glasses and I remember just like digging in the coins like in the car to like find money to buy her like secretly surprise her with this like I I kit repair thing you know and then it's fun to be from that moment in our lives yeah. to like now yeah. and that's like We've only been get together for like almost like two years now, and it's just like a lot's happened since then. So, it's cool. Wait, so you were just indie wrestling? That was the only thing that was paying the bills? Yeah. Wow. I just refused. Did you think about you know getting another job? No, God, no. I'd rather be homeless. <laughs> you could have worked at Lowe's or Home Depot. Oh no, no, can't dip your ink in the company. <laughs> but uh, no, like seriously, um, yeah, no, I just I wanted to tell myself like I don't want anything like any like you know safety net here i was like you're either gonna fucking make it in this wrestling or you're gonna live in your car your whole life and if you don't make it out of this car you're not trying that hard wow so like that's how i that's how i thought and i'm a very you know a lot of people like if they ask like hey can you give me some tips on wrestling can you like help train me like local people from like seattle i'm such an asshole because like a lot of people like to like try to like freeload and they're like hey can you put the word in for me here I'm like, dude, like, no, like, do it yourself. Like, because I lived in my car for this. I've spent so much nights in the hospital for this. Like, I'm not going to help you. And that's not being an asshole. I just feel like everyone at the end of the day, when you do get somewhere on your own yeah. without friendship, championship, wrestling, it's that much more rewarding and it makes you appreciate it that much more. So when you're living in your car, what do your meals look like? Oh, I actually had a George Foreman and I'd bring into the Anytime Fitness and I'd cook food on the grill at like one in the morning. And then they, did, the whole, they, did they catch on to what you were doing? No, not they, but like people at the gym would come in and they'd be like, yo, man, I want to smell out chicken. And then I was all like, <laughs> these voices are awesome. Yeah, but they were like, they were just like, everyone was like, man, like, smell out chicken. And I was just like, yeah, dude. Um, and then a lot of like it was a lot of stuff. I would never eat out. I was like so against it, just because I like didn't have the money for it, you know. Okay. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh man, like 
by the price of one mil, I could have bought six. This is the thing people don't realize. Like yeah. You, you could buy a bag of grilled chicken for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Or you can buy one meal at Subway. For and those bucks. air dryers, I would like take shrimp and I put it in my hand and like put it on the air dryers. Like, and like, no. yeah, I got a video of it. But sometimes they'd fly over the floor and like trying to balance it. Just like, you know, but like that was, just a, yeah. What if AEW didn't come along? Well, you'd still you'd be living with Priscilla, but you know, who knows? Like, dude, honestly, who knows, man? Like, things are so crazy in wrestling right now. I feel like anything, like, but AEW, I love it so much because it gives me the platform to be recognized on a serious level yeah. instead of being like typecasted as like a two hundred five live guy, where it's like you're down here, you're in this company, but you're really not here. You're going to just keep you down here. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's so like you talk about like back in like WCW when all the cruiserweights would always like be like, dude, it was so annoying to be considered a cruiserweight mm-hmm. when, you know, you got the main roster guys and like, it was so st- like stereotyping everybody. And then like they're bitching about it back then. And now it's happening again. And, and it's like the same thing. Like you're never going to be in the Royal rumble. Like, yeah, sure. Like some people have, but like they're not taking that like serious and you're always going to be on the pre-show and it's like dude there comes a time where like i just want it more out of my career and there's no way i was going to go there and like settle for that shit Mm -hmm. like i want it to like tell my story and i don't feel like you know one one promo AEW made me more than i think five years could have ever done there period wow because they let me be me yeah and that's you know that's like the biggest thing to me is i'm a performer i'm not a guy who you can tell like hey say this or read this or this is how you're gonna act i'm gonna darby allen i'm gonna die as darby allen and and you believe that with the way AEW's booking things that you could be the world champion absolutely absolutely which, which is exact opposite of what you were talking about with wcw and 205 live yeah absolutely um you know what I mean? I, I feel like someone as relentless and determined as myself, anything's possible. And um, if you're not in here to be taken serious like that, like I feel like you're wasting your time. Yeah. Justin Roberts announced you, I think, at 174 at Fighter Fest. Is, that's your shoot weight? Yeah. You didn't, like, a lot of guys will weigh 174 and they'll go, oh, announce me at 195. Or, no, no, no. I like to be real as much as, like, you know, this world will allow it. But... That's why, like, I say these things in, like, promos, and I tell, like, how I feel on my life story of things is because i just so sick of these people acting like everything's so awesome and everything's, like, amazing and perfect. Like, oh, God, I've never had any problems in my life. Like, this is awesome. Like, I'm the best. I'm, like, the greatest. Like, that's their, like, there's... What's your what's your what's your wrestling character? I'm the greatest. Like, uh, can you like? Uh, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. Okay, we get it. Like, just so much generic shit out there, you know. So uh, I don't know. I just like to keep it real. Well, if we're keeping it real, I think people need to know that you were on TLC for a well, a very different uh, medical problem, I guess. Yeah. I, what was the show called? Sex sent me to the ER. The episode's called Birds and Bees. I uh, I was living in Arizona at the time, and I was, like, really fucking broke, like, working at the 99-cent store down there. Like, legit, like, spending $10, like, a week on food from the Dollar Tree. Just, like, it'd be nights where you're like, oh, like, you, like... 
like two for one tuna f- or I don't know. Yeah. What's the go to at the dollar store? Yeah, like just all this like nasty ass food. And you, but then I just remember like there's this thing sex sent me to the ER and then I like wrote into it and came up with this like fake ass story about like um hiking in the woods with like a grandma and then like <laughs> we were like <laughs> making love and then like the, you and the grandma yeah okay. and then and then like we rolled over in like a bee's nest and then like we thought it was like dead the bees were like the nest was dead the nest was like there was no bees in there we just like oh it's a it's an old bees nest and then like the bees came out and attacked us and this obviously did not happen at all no god but you got to be on TLC and you got paid for it. Yeah. But like I came up with the story and then uh, like, and I remember TLC thought it was real. And of then, course they would think it's real. Yeah. And they're like, and then, but I was like, shit, they're going to fly me down there to film this interview. I'm like, I need to find a grandma. So I, I like Craigslist people. On, and then there's like this aspiring actress down in Los Angeles where they were filming it. And I messaged her about it. I'm like, Hey, would you just like to pretend on the show? And she's like, yeah, we're cool. So, uh, oh my God, what's her name? I forgot to be honest. <laughs> and then, uh, I remember we like, we filmed it and we like, it was, it was fun. And you know, you got paid $800 and like put up in a nice hotel. And then I was like, for me, I was like $800. Like, Fuck. I've made it. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was fun though. But, uh, yeah, you seen that movie, uh, My Girl, Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, of course. So, like, when he dies at the end with the bees. <laughs> so, like, the director of the show was like, so what's going through your head when the bees were attacking you? And I, like, started, like, like I was like, oh, dude, I just didn't want to end up like Macaulay Culkin. And he's like, we can't use this. I'm like, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> but uh, it was it was fun. It, it, that shit's fun to and me. Is that what kind of inspired you to chase after the MTV stuff? No, I was doing the MTV stuff way, okay. way, way before, just through uh, mutual friends and skateboarding and stuff like that. And then, like, uh, I remember just, like, my friend Matt Schlager. He's this guy who got flown down to ridiculousness and was on this, like, episode as, like, one of the guests. And he, like, tried to ollie, like, this, like, flat 13, flat 13. So it was, like, it's the equivalent of, like, almost, like, 30 stairs. Okay. And then he, Jeez. it was in the pouring rain and he just ate oh, the no. worst shit in it. And then like, but then I like got connected through him and then I started sending stuff to MTV all the time. And then like, they're like the crazier, the better. So I just started like up in the ante like every week and then just filming crazier and crazier things to the point where like they couldn't take in it, it anymore. Like the crazy shit. Was, like what's the craziest thing? Like, what so, was the cutoff there? I'd love to hear what the la- what the thing was where they went, mm, sorry. The cutoff was when we were driving from Arizona to Vegas and it was like that five hour car ride and we all rolled up the windows and uh, wore diapers and took X-lax and shit our pants the whole way there. Oh no. And whoever rolled down the window first lost and if you lost, uh, well in reality we're all losers for doing that. But if, uh, <laughs> but if you lost, you get smacked in the face with the diapers. Oh my god! But like I remember, like I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, man, we're gonna like this is, this is gold. Like they're gonna buy this and like, this is gonna be on TV. This is like some jackass stuff. Yeah, but then like they're just like, what the hell? You can't <laughs> use that. Dudes in a diaper back there chugging fucking X lax and because like we, we like there's just, like this guy named Juan Pablo, and he, he it was my brother me and this guy named Juan Pablo and Juan Pablo was like this big heavy set guy and then like I remember it, the windows were rolled up and the AC was broke 
so it was like 115 in the car oh. it was hot as hell and then he just had this like fry box from mcdonald's and he's just like and i look back at him like dude this is the grossest thing ever i thought the i thought the fry box cooling himself down was grosser than the actual shit because it just looked so we, I mean, we saw Tommy Dreamer do some like weird stuff in WWE. Do you think that this would transfer over for you to your wrestling character? No, I, I don't know if I'd want to. But at the same time, you know, if someone really wants to pick up a fight with somebody, like no one's going to fight somebody if they're covered in shit. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are. Like That's that's true. Yeah. It's also really gross. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's I, true. Yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think I'd carry it onto my uh, wrestling, though, because... Uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like my wrestling, like, to me, it's, like, this is fucking serious. Like, my life. Like, this is, like, my life's work right here. And then there's times to dick around. But then there's times, like, that you got to, like, really fight for what you, like, you know. But I absolutely love digging around. Just Do, are, are these are these ever going to be pranks you pull on people backstage? I've pulled some pranks before backstage just like letting off like stink bombs and shit and stuff like that but like nobody like knew it was me oh well, now they do and then yeah <laughs> but like i just remember just like it was a lot of just like random stuff like that and then um yeah there's some, some weird shit yeah I, I remember in the interview you did with alicia too you were talking about it was right before your wedding and you were talking about how you hadn't met your father-in-law yet but you were going to pepper spray him at the wedding and this was Somehow a great idea. Yeah. So how'd that go? Well, it didn't go. Okay. Because he, he uh, was on a drug binge and got arrested a couple days before the wedding and taken away. And he's still in jail. And it's been like a year and a half. Okay. Wow. So well, that story took a turn. He writes <laughs> He writes letters all the time. I'm sorry I missed your wedding. So when he gets out, you're going to welcome him with a... A, yeah, a, I do. Kind of pepper spray. I was, I was like, yeah, do you like this about that? What's, what's the hold on? What's the idea behind this? Nobody wants to get pepper sprayed. Oh, I think it's more of like a break the ice. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> like that's like something you do with like a close friend. Yeah. Or okay. A, or, or, or a, a police officer <laughs> to a victim. Or like a creepy guy trying to break in your house. <laughs> right. But uh, but like, yeah, I just thought it'd be like, you know, like, hey, you know, remember that time I met my father-in-law and I pepper sprayed his ass first time? Ah. Like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Who's this voice? I love it. I don't even know, dude. It's like hillbillies. Do you think we'll ever see a color photo on your Instagram? No. Maybe. Oh. No. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I like, you know, I don't know. I just think it's aesthetically pleasing when it's like that. And then, uh, I don't know. It's nice. So if we just scratch the surface of Darby, this is the scratching the surface motion here for people that are watching this, not listening to the podcast. What can we expect in the next? Like if we, if you and I sat down a year from now and had the same conversation, what would what would we have seen in this last year in AEW? Um, Darby being a household name, like internationally. You know, you take that those thirteen thousand followers and you turn it to thirteen hundred thousand or. I don't even know. That's some Stott Steiner math there. <laughs> I don't even know. My mind is racing. Um, no, it's just like, because like I said, it's it's just a matter of time before people like get introduced to me. Well, we can get you some more followers right now. Yeah. Just just tell everyone. We'll link it up below. Just at Darby Allen, right? See, like, I don't really. It's like weird because like 
I don't care about Twitter and I don't care about Instagram. But it's also the way the business is going. Exactly. But I also feel like it's just a nice way to like show the people like yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like everything I do put on is like whether it's my skateboard material or my just weird ass stuff. Like the last thing that I really posted was like I like paid a clown for Priscilla's birthday to break into the house and like <laughs> and then she like woke up with this clown in the house like singing happy birthday and it's like just random shit like that. This is what you're missing if you don't follow Darby. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of just things like that. But it's just fun, you know what I mean? Because you can actually like connect with people that like will end up like looking up to you, and that's always oh, yeah. that's always nice to like connect with these people that like feel like losers or outcasts. Because like I remember I just did, like this autograph sign in the mall like down in Tucson like last week, and then people were like, dude, it's like here's this drawing I did of you and like how much of inspiration wow and it's just like it's like oh like that's nice like thank you very much and it's just like I just want to you know I'm not here for like like fame where it's like oh like I'm better than you I just want to like be real with people so when you talk to me like be real with me like don't like think of me as like this wrestling guy you know I was just working at the 90 cent store five years ago (laughs) eating damn oh that's another good one they're throwing away hot dogs at the 90 cent store and there's like 500 of these hot dogs and then like i took them all and i filled up my bath with them and took a bath with them and i got a video of that that's also on instagram so you can watch that (laughs) did you eat the hot dogs too no actually my brother my brother threw up in the bathtub with all the hot dogs oh my god and then like uh (laughs) And then, like, I had to actually go to Los Angeles to film that six MDR the next day, so I didn't <laughs> didn't clean out the hot dogs. So I was gone for like three days. Oh no! And then I came back and there's like moldy throw up with all these hot dogs. Oh, it must have smelled awful. It, it was the worst. <laughs> and then my dog tried to jump in there and eat it. I'm like, dog, oh, you're gonna die. <laughs> but um, yeah, just weird stuff like that. Man, I we've learned so much in this interview. Yeah, this is definitely. 40 minutes yeah 40 minutes of just interestingness like seriously there's a there's a lot of just stuff i don't know man like the biggest thing is like i feel like next year this time next year more people will see um shit shit like this you know what i mean like more like human pieces of me yeah getting to know me and not so much uh you know like the character stuff for wrestling is awesome because it does feel like me because i'm just pissed off all the time just wanting (laughs) to i don't know if i believe that i'm pissed off in the sense of like wanting to prove people wrong okay stereotypes and stuff like that like that's like otherwise i'm a like i'm a very happy man but like i'm <laughs> i'm like pissed off with just like people just like you know like oh that guy that guy really like look at him like is he is he really belong here or what's the deal with him you know what i mean it's like dude like wrestling we all come in sh- different shapes and sizes yeah. and i want people to like you know i don't want to like f- like i said live as darby and die as darby you know so this year next year time whatever the fuck i just said <laughs> well, i think it's a pretty good way to end things and i'll link it up below at darby allen so people will follow you and they can see the adventures in black and white yeah bas- yeah that's what it is yeah. uh and please don't please don't die at fight for the fallen or All Out or any of these. We'll see when we get there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, wow. It's hard to sum all that up. So much happened in that interview. Uh, First of all, please don't die, Darby. Um, But, man, a lot going on there. The story of having sex on a beehive with an old woman, a made-up story so he could get on TLC. 
the diaper and the x lax and the car, the literal hot potato. Man, uh, I think it goes without saying that Darby Allen is going to be a megastar in AEW, and those chants for him are just going to keep getting louder and louder. Thanks to Green Roads. Use my code CHRIS15 for 15% off at greenroadsworld.com. Also, th- thank you to Samson Tech for the audio equipment that makes us sound so good. Uh, thank you to you for tuning in. Thank you for the five-star reviews. Thank you for spreading the word. If you are loving this, if you are enjoying these, please take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story. Let me know that you're listening and uh, I'd be happy to share that out with the rest of the world. Scott Steiner and Hornswoggle are going to be in South Florida this weekend for a show at Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum. So there you go. A little, little nugget there. A little nugget. Uh, keep an eye out. Be on the lookout for those interviews soon. And uh, have a great day. As you know, vague goals get vague results. Boom.